0: Hello, Spirit and Truth family, and welcome to another episode of the Spirit and Truth Podcast. This is Pastor Marco Salinas, and today I want to talk to you about having a hunger for knowledge. Proverbs 15, 14 says, a wise person is hungry for knowledge while the fool feeds on trash. We live in a world that is suffering from information overload. Uh, There is so much information that we can receive from different outlets, like our social media pages. Uh, We've all certainly become Google experts where we can Google any topic and have and receive some kind of knowledge on that specific topic. We read books that saturate our minds with ideas and theories. But in the midst of all that, it's important to look towards God's Word to cultivate our identity and, and desire for knowledge And at the same time, root out any strange wind of doctrine or ideas that would remove us or take us out of his will. Because after all, God's word brings life. And God admonishes us through his word uh, of the benefits that his word brings in the life of believers. Hebrews twelve. 4 and 12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing of the soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. God is is admonishing us towards the benefits of his word. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. James 1 and 22 says, do not merely listen to the word of God and so deceive yourselves. Instead, do not only listen, but do what it says. And the Bible even encourages young believers in Psalms 119 and 9, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? Well, By living according to your word, O Lord. So, if you want to become wise, the first thing you have to do is feed yourself with the right things. Feed yourself with God's word every day. Proverbs 2 and 6 says that it is the Lord who gives wisdom, from him come knowledge and understanding. And so, you don't get wisdom from television. You don't get wisdom from the internet. You don't get wisdom from magazines. Wisdom comes from God. See the Bible says again in Proverbs 15:14 my opening passage, a wise person is hungry for knowledge while the fool feeds on trash. You see there there are two options. You can either feed on truth which brings wisdom or you can feed on trash. See, whatever you fill your mind with is what's going to come out. Garbage in, garbage out. So, if you want to be wise, feed on truth every day. Now, there are three kinds of things that you can feed your mind with. Three kinds of things that you can feed your mind with. Number one is poison. Number two is junk food. And the third option is health food. Let's talk about poison for a second. Poison is simply the stuff that poisons your system. It's bad for you. It takes you down. It diminishes your potential. Pornography is poison. And we've heard people say, I've heard people say, well, I can watch that stuff. It doesn't bother me anymore. Well, that's the problem. When you can watch and read things that are profane, blasphemous, evil, vile, and abusive, and it doesn't bother you, you have a problem. You have become, the Bible says, a fool. But wise people protect their mind. Wise Christians protect their mind. They don't allow just anything into their mind. They keep poison out. So don't feed your mind with poison. Keep that out and you will become wise. Let's talk about junk food. Junk food is neither good nor bad. It just has no nutritional value to it. Most of the stuff you see on television or read in magazines or see on your social media point or social media profiles, it's it's just junk food. It's what I call stuffing. But the problem with stuffing is that when you stuff yourself with stuffing, you have no hunger left over for the truth. If you watch TV for hours a day, or you're on the internet for hours at a time, or social media for hours at a time, your mind is full of empty calories. Empty calories that don't help your body or your mind. And finally, there's health food. Health food is nutritional food. Health food, in my example, is the Word of God. It helps you grow and maintain your health. Truth is the health food for your mind. So the wise person feeds on truth. Truth makes you wiser. Truth in the knowledge of God, God's word makes you wiser in your relationship. It helps you manage your time. It makes you wiser in your money, using your money, in your business, in your parenting, in your marriage, and every other area of your life. So, to feed your mind with truth, the first place you need to go to is God's Word. The more you develop the habit of spending time each day reading and studying God's Word, the Bible, the wiser you will become. Hey, Spirit and Truth podcast listeners, thank you for tuning in today. I'm going to be reading from 2 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 3 and discussing God's covenant of kindness to us. Then King David said, Is there still not somebody from the house of Saul to whom I can show the kindness of God to? And Ziba the king's servant said, There's still the son of Jonathan who's lame in his feet. He can't walk. So the king said to him, Where is he? And Zeba the king's servant, said, Indeed, he's in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel in Lodabar. Then King David sent and brought him out of the house of Machir, the son of Amiel from Lodabar. And when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he fell on his face and prostrated himself before King David. And David said, Mephibosheth, is that you? And Mephibosheth answered, he said, It is I, your servant. So David said to him, Do not fear, for I will show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake, and will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. Here in chapter 9 of Second Samuel, we find a very different picture than what we read transpiring in chapter 8. Because in chapter 8, we read of clashing, strife, and death in order for God's kingdom to be established through King David. But now we turn from the sights and the sounds of the battlefield and into a beautiful picture of God's loving kindness. It's his covenant love that is expressed through the life of David in the way in which he treats this man, Mephibosheth. But who is Mephibosheth? Well, Second Samuel 4 and 4 tells us that after the death of King Saul and his son Jonathan, That Mephibosheth's nurse took him and fled in panic. And in her haste, Mephibosheth fell and was dropped, and as a result, he became paralyzed and he was unable to walk. You see, Mephibosheth was Jonathan, David's best friend's son. Now, it's important to know this because this entire account of King David and Mephibosheth is an incredible foreshadowing and type of the very real and redemptive work that Jesus would do in us and is still doing in us in our lives today. Now, I think it's appropriate to say that we find David here at his very best. I know you're thinking, is this David at his very best? David has some great accomplishments. He, he slew Goliath and he was, uh, he defeated the Philistine armies in in so many battles. But this, yes, I would argue to say that this is where we find David at his very best. It's important that we recognize what's being expressed here. And it's the covenant love of God. It's not just somebody being nice for the sake of being nice, but here the Hebrew word is being expressed. That is hesed. And it is a steadfast love of God. It's God's loving kindness. It's actually his covenant care. It's a response of love towards somebody else as a matter of commitment. You see, understand that God's love is a love that commits itself to another by making its promises a matter of solemn historical record. And so David is not just simply being nice for the sake of being nice. What is being displayed here in the life of David is a commitment to another and fulfilling promises that are a matter of solemn record. So David here is taking on the attributes of God in displaying love towards another person as a matter of solemn record. Think about it. To Abraham, God said this, my covenant is with you. And you shall be a father to many nations. He said, I'm going to establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. So if you stop and think, I've often asked myself this question. Why did God give Abraham insight to the fact that he would destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? and and why did he give abraham the opportunity to plead on its behalf well it's simply because of god's covenant of loving kindness that he had with abraham because abraham's family was in sodom and god cared for abraham and displayed it through his covenant of love and care towards abraham And so he gave him insight to what would happen and allowed Abraham to plead on behalf of his family. Why? Because God loved and cared for Abraham. And so the model of David's kingship was marked by justice and righteousness and loving kindness towards others. As a king, he sought then to operate in his leadership by doing what was good and what was right he recognized that it was on account of God's promises to him that he found himself in the position that he had currently been in. And because of this, he set out to display the same loving kindness towards others. And so here's the big question that David asks himself in 2 Samuel 9 and 3. I wonder, he said, is there anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show kindness for on jonathan's sake you see david had a covenant with jonathan as a matter of fact david had a covenant with king saul you see as as saul was chasing after david looking to destroy him because he knew that one day david would ultimately rule israel in a moment of sanity saul made a covenant, a pact with David and said, David, I want you to remember me. And I want you to remember my family whenever you take the throne in Israel. And he asked David to always have somebody from his family represented in his kingship. And so understand that David didn't ask himself this question. Hey, is there anyone from King Saul's family that I may or that's still out there. He didn't ask himself that question in order to destroy a potential enemy. No, instead he set he asked that question to find somebody, an undeserving somebody, to whom he could show the covenant kindness of God. Now here's here's a big deal. You can't give out what you don't have. David was giving out God's loving kindness towards somebody else because he realized in my life where I am right now at this very moment, it is only because of God's covenant of loving kindness towards me. In other words, every good and perfect gift comes from God. And so now I am willing to give out to others what I have received. You see, David was in a position of blessing and power. He could have sought out Mephibosheth in order to destroy a descendant of a backslidden king who wanted nothing more than to destroy David and God's promises in his life. Here's a warning. Self-seeking and self-gratifying Christians only concerned with their own kingdom do not fulfill the covenant of love that God has called his church to show others. And so I end with asking this question. When is the last time that you showed somebody, an undeserving somebody, godly kindness? When is the last time that you extended forgiveness? When is the last time that you have been the peacemaker, withheld judgment, looked past somebody's flaws and extended a helping hand, and blessed someone whose life was an absolute mess? I want you to know that in doing so, you take on the nature and attributes of Jesus when he first found you.